All right. We're going to start taking some questions. Uh, guys, thanks so much for being on here. I'm excited. I'll get to as many questions as I possibly can. And um, we'll just go from there. Okay, how do I see revival in my youth group? Well, the Spirit of the Lord has to be allowed to have free reign. Um, and so, one, you know, you need to understand that you have the Holy Spirit and take that Holy Spirit into the youth group with you. Now, Holy Spirit lives inside of you, so obviously anywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is, but it's walking in that awareness of, man, I have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And I talk about this in, in my first book, uh, I Will Always Overcome. I talk about you have the same Spirit. And uh, again, that's I Will Always Overcome. It's $9 on Amazon, um, or you can get it at shanewinnings.com. But I talk about, man, you have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Like you have the ability to do what Jesus did. You've been given the great privilege. So if you want to see revival, go be revival. Go, go pray for the sick. Start seeing people healed. Uh, go, go cast demons out of people, right? Start loving radically. Like when you're doing this, start evangelizing. When you begin to do this stuff, that fire will catch and it will spread. And that's how you start with revival. Um, but you have to make sure you are first revived in your own heart. And so that's a, that's a key one. Uh, next question. Do you have to get an arranged marriage to be married or can you just say you're married? Um, so I'm a little confused. Do you mean like, do you have to have a legit ceremony and all that? Or can you just say you're married? Based on the context of the question, that's what I think you're asking. However, an arranged marriage is something that like parents arrange for their kid. And that's a cultural thing that happens overseas a lot. So can you just re-clarify what you're asking? How do I stop demons from attacking me during sleep? I had these horrible dreams the past nights. Last night, they held my mouth open so I couldn't cry out to Jesus. Okay, man, I'm sorry that's happening to you. Um, so one thing, I, we can totally pray, but I don't want to give demons um, any, any glory right? I don't want to be, I don't, I don't, I don't want to read your comment and people go, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, demons are holding your mouth open. The fact that we ooh and ah about demons shows that we're, we're respecting them on some level. Like we're giving them glory on some level. We're saying, look how scary, look how horrible this sounds. That's what they want. They want our attention. And so I think there is a place and I'm not uh, diminishing what you're going through because I totally get it. But I think there is a place where we just downplay what the enemy does. Now, listen, your, your sleep's getting taken from you and that's not cool. But what about waking up in the morning and just saying, Lord, thank you that my dreams aren't real. Thank you that my dreams don't dictate my life. Thank you, God, that whatever the enemy's trying to do to me in my dreams, it's not actually happening. Like, thank you, Lord, that the enemy has to touch me in my sleep. That's when he tries to get to me. Thank you, God. You're protecting me always. You're, you're growing me. You're renewing my mind. You're making me stronger. You're, you're revealing yourself to me more and more. Like, 
Thank you, Lord. You know, you just began to worship the Lord. I'm telling you, if every time the enemy touched you in your sleep, you woke up and you turned it into a prayer session, I don't think that the enemy is going to keep touching you. If every time the enemy touches you and wakes you up from sleep because of a bad dream and you turn it into a praise and worship session, the enemy is probably not going to keep touching you. He's banking on you waking up, complaining, being upset, being frustrated. And over time, you go, man, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to hear. And so I will pray for you. But I say all that to say dreams are going to happen. Just know I've had I have had bad dreams and I just wake up and I go, God, thank you that that wasn't real, man. Thank you. That's not my life. That's not reality. Right. And it deflates it. Sorry, guys, I'm sleepy. Long day. Long, long day. But Father, we thank you for Priscilla and I command every demonic attack coming against her in the night to leave in the name of Jesus right now. Priscilla, you be free from demonic attacks and sleep disruption right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. When did I start preaching? Okay, so I got born again January 2016, and I started preaching almost immediately on the streets, on social media, and stuff like that. Social media preaching really took off in 2020 when COVID hit because everyone was online. And then I started become I, I became a full-time preacher uh, in May of 2021. So for the last year and a half. Oh. What is my opinion of Bethel Church? I think Bethel Church is amazing. I love Bill Johnson. I love Chris Valentin. I love the worship. Uh, I have friends there who are on staff. My friend Tom Crandall is the head of evangelism, and he also leads their youth, uh, Young Saints. Bethel is incredible. Um, I'm so thankful for that house and the teaching that's come out of it and the worship that's come out of it. It's truly anointed and spirit-filled. And when people ask that question, what do you think of Bethel? They're probably thinking of, hey, thank you for those subscriptions, Gary and Ambush. Cool name. <laughs> when people are asking about um, Bethel, they're probably thinking about all the crazy stuff that they've heard. But none of that stuff has been taught from the pulpit. Um, and Bill addresses this in a series that came out, I think, last year. Um, and so I think it's important to get straight what ministries are truly about and what, what people did when they attended certain ministries. For instance, if you have some student at Bethel School of Ministry, my best friend went to uh, BSSM, Bethel, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. If you have someone um, who attends a school but does something crazy, well, they're a representative of Bethel to the rest of the world because it's a Bethel student, right? And I'm talking about grave soaking and all this other weird stuff. Um, but, the, but the school doesn't teach that. The staff doesn't teach that. The church doesn't teach that. That's just something that someone did. And so I would just, I would be very careful with what you blame ministries for before you figure out if they're actually uh, guilty of that, if that makes sense. Um so, yeah, and you know what? No one's, pre no one's preaching is perfect theology. Like, we're going to disagree on some stuff. 
most of the people that disagree with Bethel are not evangelical, like charismatic people. It's people who don't believe in the gifts or, you know, whatever. The list goes on. Anyways, um, I wouldn't listen to what other people say. I would do your own research. I'm sure there are people that hate me. There are people that think I have horrible theology. And you know what? I haven't always said everything 100% correct. Bill Johnson has said things that were incorrect, and he later came back and said, you know what? I said this years ago. I was wrong. My opinion has changed. I see differently now. Whatever. Uh, We're all growing, so we just need to be careful, Um, especially when we're talking about issues that aren't salvation. We're talking about issues that are not salvation issues. That's when we need to be careful that we're not crucifying people, you know, because they have a different theology about why Jesus did this or, or, or healing or tongues or whatever. I'm not going to crucify someone who doesn't believe in tongues, even though I do. And I think it's needed and it's important for the body of Christ to speak in tongues. Uh, there's people who don't believe in tongues. I'm not going to hang them out to dry and make a video about how stupid they are, right? Um, you know, if someone says, hey, I think tongues are demonic and they're a big time preacher, I might make a video about that and be like, hey, I, I disagree. I think tongues are not demonic here. Let's talk about it with scriptures. Um, so all of that to say, guys, with Bethel, with any other church, there might be bad people. There might be bad teaching in some areas. There might be rumors and gossip. Be careful and don't throw out the whole thing just because one person screws up. And again, I look at the Hillsong thing. Hillsong has some issues, but I wouldn't just say all of Hillsong is bad just because some people in leadership have screwed up. Do they probably have an issue throughout all of their leadership? I think that they do because it it seems to come from the top down. However, I wouldn't just throw out every single Hillsong campus. I would be leery. I wouldn't attend one personally, But I wouldn't just say, hey, they're all bad. I would do my individual research and I would look at the fruit of what that ministry is producing. And that could go a long way for you guys is to look at the fruit of what ministries and what people are producing. Don't just look at what is said, what they say, what other other people say. Look at the fruit. Okay, that will keep you from making some serious mistakes, including tearing down um, other ministries. As a believer, can we lose our salvation? Okay, great question. I am not going to answer that because I made a whole... I did a live about it. Um, it's a 30-minute video. Literally, it says, can can I lose my salvation? So after this Q&A, uh, Brielle and whoever else wants to know, can you lose your salvation? Just go to my page, and it's on there. It's got a picture of heaven, you know, or like a like a cloud staircase up to what would be heaven. And it says, can I lose my salvation? I answer it there with scripture. How do you know the right person to marry? Well, um, you need to have discernment. You need to have discernment. And you need to be careful, too, because as Christians, um, you you can fall in love with anybody. Because as true Christians, we, we can see the best in people. And the problem is that there are a lot of uh, Christian, if you're a guy, say there's a lot of Christian girls out there, you could fall in love with any of them. I, d- I don't believe that there's one person for you, and if you miss it, like you're, you're hosed, right? You, you have choice. You, you can marry anyone. 
And you need to be careful who you marry. You need to make sure that your values line up. You need to make sure that you have the same beliefs, similar theology. That's very important. You don't want to be at odds with each other. How are you going to raise kids? You know, do you believe in spanking? Do you believe in this? Like you just, you need to be very cautious about who you marry and, and who you pursue for dating. A lot of times people jump uh, right into stuff and that's the problem. Can I just be honest? This is what's wrong with doing physical stuff. One, I don't, I don't even think we're supposed to do that at all until we're married, anything, um, even making out. I don't think you should be making out until you're married. I'm just being honest. Where did, why are you making out? Think about it. Why do you make out? Where does it lead? What does it make you want to do? It's not holy. That should be saved for the marriage bed and for marriage. But the reason I'm saying all that is this. You, you meet a girl and she's a Christian and you're a guy, you're a Christian, you both love God, you're on fire for God, and you guys start making out two weeks in and you get all this passion and all this everything and you get really close physically and then all of a sudden down the road, what if you have all these issues and values that just don't line up? Well, you've already gone far with each other and now, I mean, guys, it, 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 it's, it's a mess. Not to mention you've already violated, you, you would have had to have violated your conscience or theirs on some level. I'm just saying, when it talks about how do you know the right person to marry, you can't figure that out while you're kissing each other and making out and doing all this crazy stuff. You just won't. You'll be distracted. You'll be distracted and your mind will be on one thing and you're thinking about what it would be like if you guys got married and blah, blah, blah. Guys, keep it pure. I'm telling you, this is what Jess and I did. We, we felt so convicted that we would not even really kiss while we were dating. I'm just being totally honest. We were so convicted about this topic that it would be like, it would be like a, a little peck or whatever. And, and we did long distance. So, I mean, we didn't see each other but once a month. And we did not do all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, it made for a great relationship, a great foundation. Uh, our communication skills were incredible. We both just had pure hearts and our conscience was not uh, seared. We didn't shipwreck our faith because we're messing around and being stupid. And we were able to see clearly. And that's how we knew we wanted to marry each other. Okay, are you guys with me? I'm just being honest tonight. If you want to know the right person to marry, uh, you need to be seeing with clear eyes and a pure heart. And that means that you're not thinking about physical stuff. That doesn't mean you're not going to be attracted to someone. You're not going to burn for them. Paul even says, like, dude, if you're if you guys can't control yourselves, like it's better for you to get married. You know, you can't you're burning with this desire. So you're, it's important if you're going to marry someone, you need to be attracted to them. But if you're constantly feeding that by pushing the limits physically, that's all you're going to be able to think about. Everything else is kind of going to just surround that stuff. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you push all that aside and you can begin to appreciate the person you're with, learn about the person you're with, pursue the person that you're with, 
you will know and the Holy Spirit will be able to tell you if you're marrying the right person or not. If you're busy sucking face and doing all kinds of crap, you're not going to listen for the Holy Spirit to tell you that they're not the right person to marry because you're not even listening to him telling you not to be doing what you're doing. Okay? Someone just asked me what's the muzzle velocity of an assault rifle, of an M4. Muzzle velocity? Oh, man. I'd have to ask my armorer for that one. Was that helpful, guys? I hope that that helped. Okay, hey, we're starting to get a lot of questions. I'm going to keep going until um, 8.30, which is another 40 minutes. But here's the thing. I have so many, um, I have so many uh, questions that it's going to be hard to see all of them. So I, I just want to throw this out there. Some of you love my ministry. You want to help support it. You want to help us do more. Super Chats are a great way to do that. And what's cool about Super Chats during live uh, question and answer is that if you get a Super Chat, your question gets highlighted. And just as a thank you for all of those people who support the ministry and choose to do so through Super Chat, I will answer those questions first because they stand out. So I just wanted to open that invitation for you. Only if you want to support the ministry tonight while we're doing Q&As, um, you could purchase a Super Chat and it would cause your chat to be highlight your question to be highlighted and I would be able to see it. I'm gonna, Otherwise, though, I'm going to keep going down the list. I'm going to do as many as I can, okay? I promise. So don't think you got to buy a Super Chat to get your question answered. I'm trying. This is just a first-come, first-served basis. Okay. Can a Christian ask for physical healing from other Christians? A hundred percent, yes. Jesus even said, is any among you sick? Go and ask the elders in the church for prayer, right? We are, we are called to uh, lift each other up for whatever needs that we have. Amen? Do we have to be saved in order to heal people? No. Um, even the, it's, it's not us being saved that heals people. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Remember in the Bible, there was a story where the disciples were mad because there were people running around casting out demons using the name of Jesus. Okay. Now with the seven sons of Sceva, it didn't work out well for them. They ended up getting totally destroyed and overtaken by these demons. But there were demons that people were able to cast out just using the name of Jesus. They weren't even Christians. And here is my final case here. You don't have to be a Christian to do the works of Jesus. How do I know? Look at Matthew 7. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me on that day, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Many are going to say, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. So it is possible for someone who doesn't know God at all, who doesn't know Jesus, and who practices sin. Sin is lawlessness. This is in 1 John. It is possible for someone who practices sin to move in all of the gifts and not know God, and they will not go to heaven. That should put a fear of the Lord in you. Don't just follow people because they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You need discernment. The Holy Spirit will tell you. Have you ever just listened to someone, maybe on social media, and you are like, man, this person is saying all the right things, but something doesn't feel right to me. 
And maybe later on down the line, like something comes out about them and you're just like, oh, I knew something was wrong. It is so important to have discernment. There are people that have wanted to do ministry with me that I was just like, something isn't right. I can't put my finger on it. You say all the right stuff. You're, you're moving in the spirit. You're doing all the miracles and stuff, but something isn't right. And then later on, something came out. And so I say all of that to say discernment is a massive factor. But the answer is no, you don't have to be saved in order to heal people because it's not you and your salvation that heals people. Okay, we have a super chat. Uh, thank you, Susanna, for buying that super chat. Thank you so much. Um, didn't even ask a question, though. So just thank you for supporting the ministry. Uh, next, we have... I don't, I can't pronounce this name if that is a name or just a username. Thank you for buying a super chat. And this is what she said. Today, I got my marriage license. Uh, congratulations. That's awesome. My gut said yes. My family and friends was not supporting. Should I listen to my family? Okay, that's a hard one because I have no idea about your guys' relationship. This is all I would say. You better make sure that you're hearing God if... No, well, let me say this first. Are your friends and family Christians? Have they proven to give you good advice in the past? Okay? If the answer is yes, your, fa your friends and family are Christians and they've always given you good advice, then I want, uh, I want you to think about this. If your friends and family are Christians, they al always give you good advice, and this time... In regards to a relationship, you don't want to listen to it. You better be sure that you're hearing God. Because to go against wise counsel traditionally is not wise, right? Unless you are moving in faith and you're saying, I really think this is God. You have to self-evaluate. Why am I doing this? Is there any pride in here? Is this a flesh thing? For any reason, am I, am I moving in the flesh? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Am I, am I motivated by any of those three things? Honestly, you have to honestly ask yourself. And if the answer is yes to any of it, then you need to submit to your friends and family because they might see something you don't see. But the first thing I would do is sit them down, if you haven't already, and ask why. Why don't you guys support this? Can you give me specific reasons? And then weigh all of those reasons and pray about it. Usually, friends and family have your back. They, they're not plotting against you, right? They don't want to see you fall. Um, so there's a reason. So I would just be cautious. You know, if everyone in my life was telling me no, then I would, I would pray on it hard and I would ask each of them why. And then I would pray about those reasons. But I will say this, I will caveat with this, because this isn't all doom and gloom. My wife and I have been in situations where we were practically the only ones who thought we were following the Lord in regards to a personal health matter. Some of our closest friends who love the Lord didn't think that we were hearing God. And we did. And we had a conviction about it, and so we went for it. And so all of that to say... Um, you got to make sure you got to make sure that you're hearing the Lord. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a touchy one, especially with relationships because your heart's involved. Um, so I hope that helps you. 
Man, test to testimony project. I want to thank you so much. Guys, they just bought a $100 super chat. Thank you so much. Test to testimony. That is seriously going to help. Um, oh my gosh, man. I'm doing this tour next year with Sean Foy and I am raising money for that tour. And this helps. I mean, we're traveling to 50 state capitals in the next two years. And, uh, so literally every dollar helps so much. And so I just want to thank you for, for blessing me and my ministry with that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. We're going to get back to these questions. I hope this is helpful for you guys. Is it okay to watch movies with curse words in them? Honestly, this is a very good question. Um, when I think about like war movies and stuff, you know, I've watched war movies where the only thing in them is like curse words and violence. You know, I've been to war. Um, and I, do, I honestly, this is one that I would struggle with. I think it's a personal conviction. Um, man, this is tough. Is it okay to watch a movie that has curse words in them? Because I would say this, I wouldn't listen to music that had a lot of cursing in it. I guess I would look at what's the reason, what's the content, you know? Are they are they playing a character, a role, telling a story, and there's something to it? I mean, honestly, this is one of those ones where you need to pray about it, and you need to see what your conviction is. Because I could take a hard line right now. Honestly, I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. This is why I love Q&A. Because I am just put on the spot. I could... Um, I could take a hard stance and say, No. You cannot watch any movie that has a swear word in it whatsoever. But I'm trying to think, how would I back that up? If you really want to get down to it, let me let me put it this way. You're never going to get to heaven and God's going to say, hey, you took this whole righteousness thing way too seriously. You, you could have listened to a lot worse music. You could have watched a lot more movies. You could have gone out to a lot more places. Like you really just went so hard on this righteousness thing and it just was not necessary. Like... God is never going to say that. And so I think to the level of your conviction, it's what you need to walk out. And this verse is what's coming to mind because I'm like, Lord, I don't really know how to answer this. This is one of those gray areas because like, it's not like sexual immorality, which is like specifically condemned, right? And I do not think that Christians should be cursing. That's something different. But hearing a curse word is what we're talking about, Okay. Because it's not right to be in sexual immorality. It's not right to witness sexual immorality, which in turn is committing sexual immorality. But when it comes to cursing, I know that a Christian should not curse. But what about hearing a curse word? You know, that's where it gets tricky. Here's what the Bible says in these areas that we're not sure about. One, all things are permissible. All things are allowed, but uh, not all things are beneficial. Secondly, here's what I would say. 
Um, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Also, anything done apart from faith is a sin. So when we're talking about these areas, you will have personal convictions. And if you violate your own convictions, to you, it is a sin. To someone else, if it's not explicitly stated in the Bible, they haven't heard a great teaching on it that convicted them, God hasn't said anything to them, and as far as they know, it's not a sin, and it's clearly not something sinful. It's not like someone's like, hey, I I can watch porn. Like, I've never read anything in the Bible that says porn. Obviously, that's sexual immorality. But if you're like, hey, I watched this war movie, and it's got a lot of cussing in it, well, if they don't have a conviction about that, and, and hearing cursing is not necessarily a sin in the Bible, however, if you have a conviction and you go against that, it is a sin. But someone else who might not have a conviction, and maybe they've heard a teaching on it and it just didn't land, that's for them and God to decide. And so all of this to say, I wanted you to hear my whole process, because I don't have like a loaded answer for this. If you feel like you should, if you have a check about it, like if you're watching a movie and you're like, man, this is a lot of cussing. I just don't, I don't know. If you have to even say that, you should turn it off. If you even have to say, I don't, I don't know about this. This is kind of a lot. Turn it off. You're violating your conscience. If you have to, let me, let me, let me say this. You've never had to wonder if you are living pure, Right? Like, you've never watched a pure movie and you were like, "Mm, I don't know, this is pretty clean. Like, I don't know if I should keep watching this. But it's always when something is sinful or it's in that gray area where you go, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. Turn it off right there. Don't continue and and violate your conscience or gray out your your, your mind and your conscience or or quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because maybe the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I don't know. What do you think about this? What do you think? Like, he's, it's like a test, right? And, and you should just err on the side of, I don't want anything to do with this. Now, this was also hard for me to, to answer because Jess and I only really watch like cooking shows. <laughs> like they're not really swearing in cooking shows. We watch like Gordon Ramsay. Well, Gordon swears sometimes they bleep it out. Um, and we watch like uh, MasterChef. MasterChef Junior with the kids. We watch British Baking Show. We watch Bear Grylls, uh, Survivor Man. You know, we watch, um, we've been watching like Iron Man and Captain America and stuff like that. Like pretty much clean shows. We watch Little House on the Prairie, literally. So I, I hope this gives you like a little insight. We, we are so, we don't want to walk in something we shouldn't be walking in. We don't watch movies where you have to fast forward through this, the whatever scene. If you have to fast forward through it, you shouldn't be watching it. So we don't watch movies like that. We don't watch shows like that. We don't listen to music that, you know, we don't, we wouldn't feel comfortable playing in front of our pastor. Like that's just a level of reproach that we try to live above. And so I really hope that this helps someone Listen, if you have to question it, just cut it out. If you wouldn't feel good watching it in front of your pastor, cut it out. Okay? I hope that helps. I can hear my son laughing in the other room. It's so cute. Sorry that that was like a long, drawn-out answer, but guys, that's a honestly, that's a tough one. 
a lot of first time people. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here watching the live. Thank you for being here. Okay, next question. Can you explain blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? How will you know if you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Okay, listen, I've done so many videos on this, but I'm going to give you the TikTok answer because I don't want to get into this for too, too long. This is my belief on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus's time, he came to reveal the Father, right? He said, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. So Jesus was the, the visible image of the invisible God. And when they rejected him, and they did so by calling him the devil, saying he's casting out devils with devils, like, this is what he's doing. By the way, guys, I am reading the chat, okay, as much as I can. But what I do is I pick a question, and then I answer it, and I try not to get distracted with the chat. After I answer the question, I go down the list from where I left off, unless a super chat pops up. Does that make sense? So I, uh, there's so many comments that have come in that I haven't even seen yet because I'm still answering a question. Okay, so the, the Pharisees rejected Jesus Christ. And listen, by rejecting Jesus Christ, they are rejecting God. They don't realize it, but they are because Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came as the Messiah, and they rejected him. And so when they said, oh, he's casting out devils with devils, he's saying, be careful. He's talking about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin. Why? Because if you reject Jesus, you've rejected salvation. So you've committed a sin that can't be forgiven. Jesus died on the cross and forgave all sin. But you can commit the sin of not believing in him. He can't die for your unbelief. You have a choice to believe or not. And so the Pharisees rejected him, and thus they died in a state of unforgiveness because they would not receive forgiveness. Does that make sense? Jesus was extending them forgiveness if they would just follow him, and they said, we don't want anything to do with you, which means they're actually saying, we don't want anything to do with your forgiveness. Therefore, they can't be forgiven. That was in Jesus' time. Are you ready? What does the Holy Spirit do? Because Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. He left. He said, I'm giving you a helper, an advocate. The Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will convict the world of sin and righteousness. So, the Bible says that no one can come to God unless he draws them by his Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts an unbeliever of sin the thought will come to their mind. God will speak to them or they will hear from a preacher. You have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need the blood of Jesus to cover your sins. You need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You need to give your life to Jesus. A preacher is saying this and an unbeliever is hearing it and they do this. I don't need God. I don't need that. And the Holy Spirit comes and speaks. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to receive forgiveness of sins. You can't be forgiven. Jesus is the only way to God, the only way to heaven. And they say, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus Christ. They are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That word blasphemy, it means so much more than just saying a bad thing about Jesus or about the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you know that there are people that were once Satanists, that were once atheists, agnostic, 
Buddhist, Muslim, whatever, and they cursed Jesus Christ, and then they saw the light and they got born again. Or are they hosed because they cussed out Jesus one time? They blasphemed the Holy Spirit? No. Saying bad things about Jesus or the Holy Spirit, that can be forgiven. What can't be forgiven is dying in a place of unbelief. You rejected God, you rejected Jesus, you rejected the Holy Spirit, and you said, I don't need your forgiveness. I don't need the blood of Jesus. I don't believe in that. There's more ways to heaven. I can do whatever I want. You have blasphemed the Holy Spirit who came and told you, you need to give your life to Jesus. This is the only way to heaven. This is the only way to be saved. And you say, no, it's not. I can do whatever I want. You have rejected the Holy Spirit, and that sin can't be forgiven. Now, how do you commit the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Because there are people who have said that, I hate Jesus, I never want him, I never, I don't need him, and then they end up getting saved. Why? Because as long as you're still alive, you can be saved. As long as you are breathing, God, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have not given up on you. But when you take that last breath and you die and you have never got born again, you have committed a sin that can't be forgiven, the sin of unbelief, because you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? Claudia, thank you so much for that super chat. God bless you. Claudia says, thank you for spreading the word of God. Thank you so much. Uh, where are you in the military? I'm not in the military any longer, but I was with the first special forces group up in, uh, joint base, Lewis McCord in Tacoma, Washington. That's where I served. And then I was in Afghanistan in 2014. Okay. Um, duh, 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 duh. can you answer why I keep seeing, seeing dark spirits? Um, it could be, uh, just intimidation. It could be, could be a number of things. Here's, here's the, the answer to that. Really? It's not, why am I seeing spirits? I guess it's really, I would, I would just say, what does it matter? Not diminishing it at all. But greater is he in you than is in the world. So I don't care if every day I walk out of my door, I see a demon. He's a defeated foe. He's a loser. Uh, Christ lives inside of me, and I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. So I don't, I don't really care about any of that stuff. Now, there's a place, obviously, you have an authority. You can command things to leave. You know, you, you can figure out, you know, my buddy's kid wouldn't sleep for like days and they prayed about it and they realized that they were at like a flea market or something and they bought something and put it in his room and God told them, hey, that that thing was actually prayed over by a witch and it's cursed and it's it's been terrorizing your son at night. And so they took that thing and threw it away. He doesn't know. He's like two years old and he slept great every night after that. So I say that to say like, there could be something, you know, that uh, an enemy has rights to be bothering you. I don't say that to freak you out and, and cause you to go on some witch hunt. I'm just saying I wouldn't worry about it. I would just keep focusing on Jesus. And if God speaks to you and says, hey, 
this is why you're seeing a demon. This is happening. You need to do this. You need to pray that or whatever. Then follow his lead. Don't go on some witch hunt. Don't go searching for a generational curse. Don't spend all your life rebuking demons. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. I really hope that helps. Um, Eddie says, super chat is not the way to heaven. I totally agree. It's not. Um, da, 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 da. Scrolling to the next thing. Everyone I see that feels the presence of God feels hot. I always feel cold. There's no Bible verse to back up what the presence of God should feel like. Um, so don't worry about that. However God manifests himself to you, that's just how it is. Nunu Lilu. I hope I said that right. Cool name. Hey, thank you so much for that super chat. Thank you for blessing our ministry and help us continue to reach people for the gospel. Susanna says, many of us are waking up to the truth of sin. Can you give advice against the spirit of religious scrupulosity? That's a big word. I don't even know if I know what that means. On Scrabble, that would be worth a lot of points. You start to question every word you say because you realize the power of your words. Um, okay, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't become like OCD about it. I think there is totally a place where we're not reckless or careless with our words. Absolutely. Like our words matter. We, we have the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. That is massive. But I don't walk around walking on eggshells like I'm worried about what I'm going to say. Um, actually, to be a Christian means I'm free from religion. I'm free from bondage. I'm free from rules. And I am actually ruled by love. My love for God, my love for people cause me to be careful with what I say. I don't say things recklessly. I don't, I don't curse other people, right? I bless, I love, I uplift. Um, so I hope that that, that helps in some way. Um, it's just important to make sure that you're not getting ruled by like some weird obsessive compulsive thing. Um, I, I hope that helps. Man, we got a bunch of questions, guys. So thankful for all of you in here asking questions. I'm going to get to as many as I can. Um, how do you know if you've committed blasphemy? Well, you won't know. Bla blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you can only commit if you die, I believe. Okay, hi, hi Shane. My question is about women in the church. Okay, here we go. According to the New Testament, women must stay back and submit to men, but there are many women preachers. Is that all right? Okay. Context is key. Paul was writing a letter to a specific church with a specific culture in a specific time period for a specific reason. Hey, David, thank you for that super chat, man. God bless you. Paul was writing for specific reasons. It wasn't a blanket statement to the church. So, because I, I want you to think about this. Um, who were the first two evangelists that proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ? 
While I let you marinate on that, I'm going to answer this question from Cody. Do you ever curse when you get angry? No, I don't. Thank God. I used to all the time for 26 years of my life. I did. As soon as I got born again, I got very convicted about my language. Plus, how would people know that I'm a Christian if I walk around cussing like everybody else? It's not wholesome talk. Okay, answer. The first two evangelists were women. They were women. Jesus, Jesus appeared to two women, and he didn't say, Hey guys, I'm back from the dead. Um, can you find me a man? Because I need someone to go spread this good news. <laughs> that is not what happened. He said, You go tell the guys. You go tell the men. You go tell my brothers, right? And Peter. It was women. Women evangelists. Now, I do believe in order. And the Bible does talk about a man being the head of the household, the spiritual lead, and that the church is, is structured the same way. And so I do believe that a lead pastor should be a male. That's not for a sexist reason. It's the same reason that a male is the lead household, uh, lead of the household in a marriage. And if you have a problem with that, then I would take that up with God because that's his word. That's, God would be sexist if you think that that's wrong. God is the one who set it up and said a male will be the leader. Now, that doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. You need to read in the Bible about how you should be acting. Um, you're covering, you're teaching, you're uplifting, you're encouraging, you're providing, you're doing all of these things, but a male is the leader. I believe it should be the same in the church. However, I think we should have women preachers. I think we should have women evangelists, women prophets, women worship leaders, women pastors. I just don't believe that a lead pastor should be a woman. Okay, let's keep going. Um, how do we know the will of God if God wants me to stay single or be married? Well, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think there's areas where God gives you 